0: All right. Welcome back to The Bruce Hooley Show. I'm Jack Windsor filling in for Bruce. I'm editor-in-chief of The Ohio Press Network. You can read our stuff at theohiopressnetwork.com. That's theohiopressnetwork.com. Truthful news source you can trust. And uh, thank you for your loyal readership and thank you for listening today. And we have a treat now. Uh, a friend of the show, she is Mehek Cook, and uh, she joins us now to talk uh, a couple of big issues, uh, one of them being the presidential debate. Mehek, welcome back. How are you?
1: I'm doing well, Jack. Thank you so much.
0: Absolutely. So I know uh, we want to talk about the presidential debate. We want to talk about Nikki Haley. Uh, I'm going to ask you an oddball question, though, because I've been asking all of our callers. Uh, Do you do you think that it would be imperative uh, for us to somehow, whether it be through an an amendment or a, a bill that goes through the legislative process to not allow the government to require masks in the future?
1: I think we need legislation. I've always been against uh constitutional amendments. They truly don't belong in our state constitution. But I think legislation is important, especially after what we went through, given the pandemic. And now there's more scare of additional viruses coming and misinformation. And you're seeing not only Pfizer is on fire right now for some of their truthfully bad science yep. that they floated in terms of whether the vaccines were truly going to help everyday Americans. So yes, I do think we need some legislation in Ohio. I would not go the constitutional route.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of that either. And I'm interested to have uh, Scott Wiggum on the show at some point this week to say, hey, why are we looking at a, a joint resolution and, and an amendment? My, my guess is Mike DeWine might not want to sign the bill, but I would have to remind everybody that Republicans do have a supermajority in the House and the Senate, although, and I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole with you, I, I question whether Jason Stevens <laughs> and some Republicans are actually Republicans. But let's let's pivot over to, I know what you want to talk about, which is the presidential debate. We have Vivek Ramaswamy, we have Ron DeSantis, we have Nikki Haley on stage. Wow, the field has narrowed. Uh, what do you expect to see tomorrow night?
1: I think we still have Chris Christie, too. Oh, is he – did can, he make he it? Okay. surprised me.
0: Oh, I didn't realize. So I, I actually – the story I read yesterday was that he was not going to be on the stage, so he is going to be there.
1: Well, I'll have to double-check. The news constantly changes, but yep. hopefully he's not, and we have three contenders so we can truly focus on policies, on a path forward, on the fact that prosperity is possible.
0: And I have – Kind of been you know tooting the horn for Vivek because I I genuinely appreciate that he is talking loudly and consistently about decoupling from China, particularly where our defense spending is concerned and where our drug manufacturing is concerned. Um, do you have a dog in this fight? And, and how, how do you think the person that you'd want to fare well tomorrow night is going to do?
1: So I don't have a front runner right now, and partially that's because. We have really strong candidates in this race, and I have been watching every single debate and reading every single tweet to policy paper that comes out because what I'm looking for in a candidate is, and I think what many Ohioans are looking for is the number one issue, and I think we talked about this, our polling states, the number one issue in Ohio is the economy. So let's start there. What candidate is going to get us out of this failed economic system that's called Bidenomics and get us back to a place where we have a robust strategy to truly tackle inflation and debt, where we know that the American dream is possible and where our hard work is paying off, where grocery prices aren't exorbitant, where gas prices are back to where they were before Biden took office. So I think those are some of those domestic key issues where all Americans are hurting and we need to actually start hearing solutions in terms of what that looks like and what the future looks like. And to be candid, the number one candidate that truly talked about that on stage and off stage is Nikki Haley. She talks about fiscal responsibility and I like the fact that she calls out both parties for overspending. It's rare for a candidate to call their own party out.
0: So um, we've got a few minutes here and I'm trying to figure out which issue I want to tackle. Fiscal responsibility is, is important. I was having a conversation last week with someone and it used to be, you knew that Republicans were, you know, pro second amendment, pro life and pro fiscal responsibility. I think pro life is off the table and I don't think that it's because people aren't pro life. I believe as a talking point, All that does is give Democrats a lever to pull because they have that and they have orange man bad. That's really all they have to run on. Um, So talk to me about Nikki Haley, because does she have a path forward to win the nomination? My gut tells me that she would have to that. The others would have to drop out and then they would have to acclimate their voters around her. And that that would maybe get her to a spot where she could beat Donald Trump in a primary. How do you see it?
1: So Nikki Haley's been very interesting to watch. She's underestimated. And what's fascinating about her race is Americans for Prosperity Action Group just endorsed her. Where I'm starting to look is the polling. When you look at polling from states other than Iowa and New Hampshire, of course, you're going to see President Trump leading. He is the individual that is time and time true, tested, Everybody knows his record. But what's interesting about Nikki Haley, if you just look at her versus, for instance, Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis continues to slide in polls, and Haley is hurt, surging in many of these newer states, many of these early states. And anybody who thinks that she can't win against DeSantis – I challenge you, I think you're going to be wrong. You're going to see her surge in Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, and the momentum's really changing because 80% of voters, Jack, haven't tuned in. Most of their minds are made up for President Trump because, again, he's a tried and true tested candidate. But once they start looking at other candidates, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, Vivek Ramaswamy, Haley is going to start surging, and again, when you have 80 percent of voters not tuned in yet, there's a lot of room for growth.
0: I'm looking at a couple of other issues with respect to, I mean, the the economy. It's, you know, Carville would say it's the economy, stupid. And I agree with that. Everybody's feeling it, regardless of what uh, Karine Jean-Pierre says. Uh, as She flips through her book there. Uh, but let's talk about the border. Is this an issue uh, that you think we will hear more about tomorrow night? And what do you think the solution is there?
1: The border is an extremely important topic. We need to start discussing what the solutions are. And the number one fact that you cannot dispute is that every state is a border state. I visited McAllen, Texas several months ago, and there's not enough border patrol. There's not enough barbed wire. There's not enough surveillance. And there's not a commitment from Joe Biden to secure our border. Mm -mm. There is not enough backing. There's not enough support. So we need a candidate that is going to stand up for the United States of America, that's going to get our security under control. We need somebody who's going to put surveillance back, remain in Mexico policy, and above all, treat border agents with respect. Their job is not to process individuals and allow them in, their, in our country. Their job is to process, detain, and send them back. We cannot continue to allow cartels to infiltrate our border and human trafficking. And above all, yes, terrorists are entering our country. The DHS Homeland Security told us. He does not have any idea who's coming in and out. The director of FBI has said he does not know who is in our country today. That should scare every single American.
0: She's Matt Cook and uh, she is a uh, political commentator, attorney, mom, business owner. Thank you for weighing in on this upcoming debate. We appreciate you. Thanks, Zach. So I just got a uh, a direct message from a reader and a listener, and he said, I thought it was interesting, this this article, given that you're talking about the um, lawmakers essentially sitting on their hands with respect to masking, and uh, the article is a report that came out at 11 today. COVID-19 deaths are on the rise in Ohio. So here we go again. Ah, Darla Columbus. She's mad at Nikki Haley. Darla, what's on your mind?
2: Yeah. Well, it still doesn't sit well with me when Nikki Haley started sort of the ball rolling with an attack on our history and our culture when she removed the Confederate flag. And I just, I guess I hold that against her. And I think anybody that would do something like that doesn't deserve my trust in in decision making down the road.
0: Well, thank you for that, Darla. Let me ask you a question. Do you feel like because I, I'm I'm a staunch supporter of the First Amendment, and I also believe that you uh, learn history or you should study history so that you can learn from it. And whitewashing history is dangerous for a lot of reasons. Um, is that is that kind of your beef with it that we shouldn't be trying to? take away certain images or facts about our past so that we can learn from them. Um, What what are your thoughts?
2: That's exactly right. I mean, it's a part of our history and it's an attack on um, the way, you know, it's like going back and editing history books Mm -hmm. and they're not teaching our history and everybody there's good and bad to all countries. And I think we've grown so much with a lot of our history and why I think we're moving forward as a country over all these years in spite of the attacks we get that we're not and that, that we're such a bad society. That and is I a... think that's the kids, yeah, the kids aren't hearing uh, our history and that's that's not good.
0: Darla, that's a that's a great phone call and that's a great thought. And uh, I, I totally see where you're coming from. And I think the uh, issue that I have as well is that we lose sight of the fact that written into our founding documents is that we will become a more perfect union, and that is a process. You learn, you improve, and you grow, and we are knee-deep in this movement right now where if you've made a mistake, that mistake will be published online, and it will be brought up again and again and again and again. And again, and it's almost like if you've ever made a mistake, you are then fully disqualified from weighing in on any policy discussion, any political discussion, or God forbid, if you were to run for office, that's where we are. And I think that's dangerous. Jesus came because we all fall short. And, you know, I'm not a theology guy. I'm not a biblical scholar, but I do know that uh, the enemy is the accuser. And and it's the guilt and shame with our past mistakes that keeps us held down, and that's why Jesus came. And so it's really interesting to me that uh, we are so knee deep in this culture of I get offended quickly, and uh, if if you have a vantage point or a viewpoint differently different than mine, then I'm either going to try to assign you into one of these boxes: you're alt right, you're a conspiracy theorist, you're you're uh, I don't know what are the other ones: you're racist, you're xenophobic, you're a pro Trumper, right? Or if that doesn't work, I'm going to find something in your character and I'm going to try to, you know, criticize you to death, essentially, to make you quiet, to silence you. Um, Do we have another call here, Jeff? Phone lines are lighting up again. That's really good. Uh, But point well taken. Hey, um, real quick. I want to try to wrap on this article, but we've got another call. So Wallace. In Columbus, uh, Wallace. Thank you for your phone call today to the Bruce Willis Show. What's on your mind?
1: Um, I just heard the lady tell they want she wanted
0: the Confederate flag put back up and all that because you said you didn't want the white war's history yet. Still, they want to take slavery and black history out the books and all that. Explain that to me. Oh, that's a that's a great uh, that's a great comment. Um, I can't explain it to you because I don't think that taking slavery out of the history books. Makes sense. I, I I think that that is dangerous. I think it is most definitely foolish because we can't. We will we will repeat the mistakes that we've made if we are not aware when they were made, how they were made, and truly how they came about. And um, my concern, and I will say this, Wallace, and I hope this doesn't <laughs> sound defensive. My concern is we have we have now uh, essentially two sides here in america you're either on the red team or you're on the blue team and i feel like we have villainized each other so much that the divide and the hatred and the vitriol that the blue team has for the red team and vice versa has gotten us to the point again that we're capable of doing some of the heinous things that we thought we would never do again do you ever feel that way i totally agree with that point you just made i totally agree two system um deal right now red and blue and um I just think that, that lady was, you know, I know what she's saying, but I'm just saying they want to take slavery. My my grandkids don't know nothing; they ain't never even seen the word slavery in a book. That's crazy. That's crazy. They only to learned me. about Rosa Parks during February the Black History Month. Yeah, and then the teachers put them books up. Yep, yep. Wallace, that's a that's a very thoughtful and accurate call, and I agree with you. And uh, if we're going to tell the story of history, we need to tell the story. And now. I'm a believer, and I will say it again, I think we look at it through the lens, too, of becoming a more perfect union. Um, You know, there's – slavery still goes on around the world in in countries like China and I understand in India. Um, But we cannot – we cannot ignore the mistakes that we've made, and we must learn from them. Um, Speaking of mistakes, so uh, this whole trans move – and I want to get back into this here in the next minute – because it's it's super important. And I'll tee it up for next time. Uh, but what if I told you that Lupron uh, is a company that supports this transgender movement. And Lupron basically is, is a drug used to chemically castrate people uh, who cannot control themselves sexually. Sexual offenders. Well, that drug is also something that's being given as uh, a drug to children who want to transition to another sex or another gender. We should say not a sex, but another gender. Well, Lupron is knee deep in this trans movement. Uh, Gilead is knee deep in this trans movement. And Gilead is the manufacturer of drugs that. Combat HIV, 40% of those involved in the transgender sexual lifestyle have contracted or will contract HIV, 60% of blacks involved in the lifestyle contract HIV. So now you have a, a company promoting the lifestyle and also giving you the cure to HIV. Folks, we said this weeks ago that the movement is pushed by the medical industrial complex. I will, I will put under that umbrella pharmaceutical companies, because they realize once you start the drugs, once you go under the knife, they have a client for life. Lupron, by the way, two injections of it. You ready for this, Jeff? $73,000. Follow the money. Hey, uh, what a show today. Thank you for all the callers. Thank you for all the guests. Be here tomorrow at 11 o'clock sharp 1106. Actually, we'll give you some leeway. And I uh, will be with you until 1 at the Bruce Woolley Show. Thanks again for tuning in.